Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 81. 18 more ways to engage your target audience. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. I'm joined today in the studio with my dad, Marty Leahy, as I often am. Dad, welcome. Uh, Thanks, Jess. Dad and I love to talk business. Dad spent many years in a Fortune 500 leadership position and for the last 10 or 11 years now has been running a large restaurant and catering business. Dad, how long has it been? Uh, It'll be 11 years in a couple weeks. Well, today we're going to be talking about Ways to engage your audience. We've got 26 ways that we're going to discuss, and this is ostensibly about presenting to a group, but it's actually, as we'll get into later, it has a lot to do with everyday leadership as well, not just presenting to an audience. But Dad, it happened again just recently, as it's happened to many of us. You were at a presentation recently where you were uh, given a briefing on Obamacare, how that was going to impact your audience. And uh, the speaker was just enthralling. Yes. Well, it was a uh, uh, it was a presentation that was sponsored by one of our uh, food service suppliers, and I believe it was associated with the National Restaurant Association. But anyways, um, it was just a you know a, an information providing uh, presentation to restaurant tours of all sizes, trying to take us through the elements of the Affordable Care Act and how we are going to need to react or not react or things to be prepared for. And it was just, it was the classic, oh my goodness, how many slides do we have here? Slides just packed with information, uh, use of acronyms, uh, just focusing on dumping as much content into our brains and um, not really pausing to allow many questions, not really... Uh, finding out who even was in the audience and what kinds of you know, you know, employment situations uh, were present, and it was tough. Uh, honestly, I didn't. I, I picked up some things from it, but it was, I couldn't wait for it to be over. So it's the classic example of a speaker or any leader assuming that the information that they have or the position that they have alone is should be enough to hold your attention. Obviously, you care about this just as much as I do. So let me just dump all this and I'm going to assume that I've got you engaged from from start to finish. Or, But, but it seems that 90% of speakers and maybe a higher percentage of leaders don't even stop and think about whether or not they actually have their audience or their team engaged. They're just rambling or talking. And I, like you, have been to several meetings and conferences lately, and I would say at least 90% of the speakers put zero thought into the presentation beyond just using PowerPoint as an outline for the information they wanted to dump and just have slide after slide, bullet after bullet, talking endlessly, for the most part, reading their slides and expecting that to be enough to hold the audience. And I would say more than ever, that's not the case with today's audiences, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that technology, I mean, I, I think we probably, if we do any presentations, we're probably all guilty of 
when we discovered how easy it was to put together a PowerPoint presentation. And gee, I could do 50 or 100 slides. I could do this all day. I'm <laughs> such an expert. And uh, all you have to do is get on the other end of that presentation and find out and see that that's not what it's about. And, you know, I think a lot of, uh, I believe a lot of educational session uh, things in, you know, in colleges and others that are like that. Um, I did a short stint at a local junior college and taught a little bit of economics and same kind of thing. I mean, that was the, the way in which uh, teachers were going at their students in these big halls with these long, boring outline presentations. And that plus what you read in the textbook was your education. <laughs> And today, more than ever, I think people are, are just so distracted. It, it's got to be a higher level of distraction in the past, with everyone having smartphones. And you Excuse have me, Jess. I, I'm, I'm reading a text here. I'm, uh, <laughs> okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, what were you saying? You have the... If you get the slightest bit of boredom, you're going you're gonna to have several things you could be checking on your smartphone, whether it's email or text messages or Twitter or Facebook or any number of social media outlets. That's if you have any moment of boredom. And and then you don't even need boredom to feel the pull of your smartphone or your laptop if you happen to have that with you. So it, even if you don't have a, if you have any minute to stop and think about other something other than what the speaker is talking about, you're very drawn to these other technologies. Absolutely. Well, you know, you know that I'm not very up on this social media stuff. My my biggest distraction is my own brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about a lot of things. I'm excited about a lot of things, and I don't even have to be very bored. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking about something really exciting that I want to work on next. So, you, if you want to hold my attention, you really are going to have to engage my brain because it's already working on other things while you're talking. Well, going back to your example of the speaker you heard on the Affordable Care Act, give me an example of what you would have preferred how that speaker had handled it. Yes. Uh, you know, I I just vision this this person, it was, a, it was a lady, walking down the aisle at some point and just stopping and, and, and engaging one or two people. Like, tell me about your restaurant, how many employees do you have? Uh, oh, you have, you know... 15, you know, you're probably, the employer mandate, whenever it kicks in, is probably not going to have a lot of impact on you because you're too, you're, you're way below, you know, next person, uh, oh, I see you, you're, you're pushing the, the 50 uh, employee limit. There's some things you really need to pay, be paying attention to right now. Uh, and you might even want to change some ways right now in which you classify employees in advance of this. Uh Give someone a chance to ask, well, could you explain to me again what that acronym means? I, I really don't, I've never heard that before, or, you know, pardon me, but, you know, back, allow, allows the people there to back you up a little bit to a point. I'm sure a lot of people got lost right away. There, These slides were just loaded. But that, that would have been really cool because I, quite frankly, was wondering who was in the audience too. I said, are these a bunch of big restaurants or a bunch of small guys like me? Or what do we have here, you know? Uh, so anyways, that, I think that would have been very effective. And that's just one example of something you can do to get, get, in that case, get some audience interaction going. At least it helps the speaker be looking into eyeballs and seeing, do I have these people's attention or not? Have I lost them? And we're, we're going to talk about 26 different ways 
in no way are we saying suggesting that you try to get all 26 into a given presentation or meeting. It needs to be appropriate for your personality, what, what works for your personality, what works for the con- specific content, what works for the size of group that you're talking to. And as we go through these, I, I also want to keep in mind that these aren't just about presentations. They also are going to come into play if you are a leader who is addressing your team or even just a one-on-one interaction with somebody on your team or a coworker or even uh, your your boss, for example. But dad, you have team meetings once, well, for example, your, or even just your management meeting, you're addressing your top managers in your company. And you said that sometimes it's a struggle to keep all of them engaged, even though it's, this is all, all the topics are very near and dear to their hearts. Yes, I, it, that's true. I mean, it's, it, I, I really, to go back to what you just said about it, it's every type of engagement, you know, the simplest conversation you have with somebody, uh, I think is, is, is the heart of what we're trying to talk about. You know, when you're, if you're telling someone a story and they're not looking at you or, you know, they, they, they you know that the most important they have going thing going is in their hand, their phone, and they're just, they're in the midst of various texts or whatever, or just someone who's wrapped up in their own thoughts. And you can tell, and if, if you're not getting that communication going, what's the point of even telling that story? You know, in, in our management meetings, um, there's already tons of distractions going on all around us because, you know, it's the middle of the day, these things are happening in the restaurant and we're trying to be private, but people are bopping in and out. People are jumping up and down because they get, they're taking a phone call or dealing with something. So we have enough distractions already. Uh, so so when we're talking about things that are really important, you you really have to use some, some of these techniques that we're going to go over would work perfectly to, to you know, you know get, get people engaged. Well, let's jump into it. Number one is tell a story, which of course we did that in a way by starting this episode, just revealing the little story about your experience at the at the conference. That this is probably the most obvious way to make a presentation more engaging, and it's the most used, and that's because it's simple and it works. If you can think of a story that if is will effectively. Uh, address the topic that you're addressing and connect with your audience. It just works. And of course, it's, it, it always is helpful if the story has a little bit of humor to it. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of humor in that room talking about the Affordable Care <laughs> Act. But but anyways, have a little bit of fun with that story, uh, a little bit of suspense and a little bit of a, a punchline, even if it's, uh, you know, uh, it, it's germane to the subject matter, but it's got a little bit of humor to it. Uh, it's very effective. I just was speaking to a group of college students and used a story from that came out of David Berkus's new book, The Myths of Creativity, which had to do with interns and the the big impact they had in a certain innovation situation. And it was totally, it, there was no humor in it, but they, they, they were c- completely unprepared. It was it was an unexpected story for what they thought that I was there to talk about. And so the unexpected nature of it um, caught their attention. And I used it to say that I'm really viewing your potential as very key here. Your your input is really important. And so they, they sat up and, and paid attention. So that's that's the first and most obvious way to to engage a target audience. The second is also a very 
simple and obvious one, and that's make it visual, which your speaker about Obamacare did not. He, she was basically just had bullet after bullet and was assuming that this text on the, on the screen was enough to hold your attention. Well, and even assuming that we could even read the stuff on the screen. I mean, to, to, to lift an excerpt from the bill and put it up on the screen, you know, maybe 10 sentences long, uh, is, you know, I mean, that's just, that's an effective presentation 101. You know, you got to have, uh, you can't over detail a, a, a slide, a, a visual. People got to be able to see it and absorb it fast enough, especially if you're going to flash 50 of them at them, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just visual, it's not just visual. It is visual that, that has a hook in it. It, it needs to have a purpose, it's not just, okay, let's throw some clip art up on the screen, but how can I make a point? And how can the slide complement me as the speaker? The, the focus should be on me as the speaker, on the information or the impact that I'm trying to, to have here to serve this audience. So you don't want it to overpower you. But oh, I just was at a, a presentation and there was the speaker cared so much about his bullets that he got he, he would finally get done with the slide that he'd been on endlessly and we're just staring at these same bullets and he got two slides ahead of that and then he said you know and that i mean that just goes back to show how important this point was and he went back to that slide that we'd been staring at for <laughs> 5 or 10 minutes and it was just like oh my gosh no, we're going backwards, we're going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> this will but never end your audience doesn't care about those bullets as much as you do and you got to think about caring, and that's about emotions. And many times the visual is has to do with taking whatever logic or information that you're trying to share, and, and how do you make that an emotional connection or a simpler? It, it, a lot of times people are more visual. And so how do you share what you're trying to get across verbally? How do you make that visually so they just get it like that? Or how do they, 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 they get it in their heart, that emotional so the next uh, couple of things we're going to talk about are a little more specific about how it weighs to make it visual. But just right now, just think about, is there anything I can do to make it visual? Because that's all, all, tends gonna, it's going to get more attention and be more memorable than simply written or verbal alone. Number three is one of those ways to make it visual is to show a picture. And a lot of times, if you can have a picture, that you, especially as you said, humor, if you can find a picture that it helps make your point in a humorous way, that's just enough. And then it'll allow you to tell your next story or make your next point. Sometimes you can you can even use some antics. I I think back, one of my favorite professors in college, so we're going back a ways here. But anyways, it was a, it was a, a differential calculus course. Uh, so, you know, a, diff, a difficult course. I was okay in math, no, no genius, but I, I got it. But this guy was kind of crazy, and you know, in, in calculus, you're you're drawing a lot of curves and you know functions on on graphs and things of that nature. And uh, this was back in the days when we still used chalk on chalkboards and things like that. It's not even whiteboards. So um, this guy, he'd be drawing away, and he'd be plotting and drawing. And if he ran on a blackboard, he just would keep going. He'd be he'd, have, he'd, he'd draw he had chalk on the on the on the walls and down all the way to the floor, and everybody was just sitting there looking at each other. Like, this guy is nuts, <laughs> but it just came alive, you know. I just it was so much fun. It is fun. One of the 
the greatest, the easiest thing to do that I find, I might out, actually outline a talk and then I try to resist the temptation to take that outline and turn it into bullets. Instead, I might just throw that into the speaker notes that this is the information I'm trying to get across. Now, how how can I make a visual out of that? And a lot of times it's just fill this whole screen with one great big photo and you can get those lots of places but you you can buy them for a dollar or three dollars at sites like uh, deposit photos um, big stock photos photolia uh, one of the most popular websites is iStock photo although that has gotten more expensive um, lately you're gonna you're probably gonna be spending at least ten dollars for a photo but and and what's nice is those websites that you go to they are they're showing you these thumbnails and so you're searching might search based on a topic and it's catching your eye. You're looking at thumbnails already, so it c- catches your eye to see it. And that's a good sign that it's probably going to catch your uh, audience's attention and kind of keep them uh, sucked back in. But also, in, that's if you want to go the stock photo way, but just your personal photos. I remember, you remember one of our uh, colleagues, uh, Gary Thiemann, who... Uh, you've worked with way in the past, and he was at once a, a, a consulting colleague of mine. He he was great at sh- just pulling old family photos. He I remember he was once giving a presentation on some kind of legal update, you know, a really dry, boring topic. And he said, "Well, first thing I'm bef- to, to to give you a good overview of this subject, I needed to go do some travel. And so here's a photo of me t- saying goodbye to my wife." before I left on this travel, on this research trip. And what was great was Gary's, it was bald as bald could be. <laughs> this photo was like when he was 22 and had a full head of hair with his wife. So it just cracked up the whole audience to see, here's this guy that we're that's, so used to seeing him bald. creative, yeah. <laughs> well, number four is create an infographic. Now, Dad, have you, do you, you're not so much on social media. Do you, does the word infographic mean I anything? I have no idea you? what you're talking about. <laughs> This is, a lot of our listeners will will be more familiar with it, but it's basically a visual way to catch your attention on a topic that typically has to do with data. And it's it's often using numbers in a very visual way. If you think about USA Today, those little uh, survey graphics or uh, where they're just showing some kind of bar chart in a really interesting way. And so it's basically taking what USA Today has done for years and making it, putting a lot of times it's putting several of those together, in and into a visual that probably tells a story with the data. How how do you not just show some information, but use it to make a point about something? And so that takes a little more creativity. You've got some you you've got some information you want to present. My audience should be interested in this, but I don't want to take it for granted. And so how can I? How can I increase the almost you want to almost let's just say it the entertainment factor? How can I make this information entertaining to them, not just informative? Because that's what's going to take to keep their attention nowadays. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy uh, there. You know, USA Today. It's like turning your presentation from the New York Times to USA Today. You know, it it appeals to a much wider audience. <clears throat> and I still think you have to be careful because I, I I know that I've done. Uh, uh, tried to explain things in presentations before with bar charts and things of that nature, which I totally get. And 
anybody that's you know taking any amount of math or anything at a college level, I mean, it's what you get that all the time. But there's there are a lot of people whose education is is quite different, and a bar chart doesn't mean anything to them. So I, I think you still have to read read your audience. Well, number five is ask a question. I think that was and the example that you gave from the Obamacare presentation. If she had stopped, you can of course ask a question to the whole audience. So what do you think about that? But it's also a very effective alternative is to ask a single person in the audience. For example, how many employees do you have? You don't want to put somebody on the spot. That you, so what? What do you remember the month and year that President Obama first signed the, the Affordable Care Act? You're not asking, you're not quizzing people, but just a question that is going to make the whole everybody else in the room interested in in ooh, who's he talking to? What's what's that person going to say? Well, and, and if you go to from person one to person two, all of a sudden everybody in the room is like, oh man. I better pay attention to her. She's liable to ask me, you know, <laughs> everywhere it perks up like, oh, it's, it's going to be show and tell time. And it, it gets you on your toes. But it's an icebreaker more than anything. You know, it, it doesn't really matter that much about, well, tell us about your restaurant. But it gets people talking, people in the room, the, the juice start to move a little bit. And it just becomes a lot more interesting. You have to be careful. I think I've you probably, like me, you've been t- to speeches where, the speaker asked a question, nobody had a good answer or was willing, and so the speaker just kind of let the question hang there, and that's okay to an extent, but if you make your audience too uncomfortable, it's it reminds me of, I was just at a concert recently, a, a rock concert, and the a, a small one, and so the opening band was even smaller, very small, and the there, there were the two main singers didn't really have very a very good sense of what's really good in our audience interaction. And they were the type that, how are you guys doing today? And then if if you don't cheer loud enough, they're like, I can't hear you. Come on now. How are you doing today? And so the audience is like, yeah, 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 a little bit louder. No, come on. And just like wouldn't drop it. Yeah. And then she said, well, I'm going to come back and ask you again a little bit later how you're doing. I want to hear it loud and clear. And she did. And then they weren't loud enough, so she made them repeat it again. And it's just like, lady, come on, we're not enjoying this. Pay attention to oh, what yeah, people I, want. I, I get that. And everyone is these, you, you just sit down in a presentation. You're just getting there. And right off the bat, the the presenter says, okay, everybody stand up. You know, we're going to do some uh, exercise or something crazy, stupid. I those those are a turn off to me too. That doesn't. You know, it's like come on. I just want to just tell me about what it, what you got to do. You don't. I don't want to get all, you know, rah 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 here. <laughs> that is a tricky. It's it's tricky because th- that is the trend of having more audience participation type activities. But a lot of people go to certain types of conferences. They're they're there to relax a little bit and have fun. They're not necessarily there to work as hard as they are on the job, and yet you, they're there to get s- some value too. So you need to think about and have enough connection with your audience to read on what's what they're going to like. And a lot of times, I think you you can do that sort of interaction or activity twenty minutes into your talk, maybe. But yeah, to to start out like that when people just sat down. Is maybe not the best thing, unless that's maybe right after lunch, because then. Yeah, I suppose you know there's obviously a huge difference between catching a quick uh, seminar presentation in the middle of your workday and running back to work versus going down to a resort and spending three days, you know, having all kinds of time. And if 
part of it is doing exercise. What the heck? But you know, you have to again. You have to read your audience and where they're coming from. Well, here's a little twist on the ask a question. It's a type of audience interaction, but it's lower level. It doesn't make you stand up or anything. And that is to conduct a poll. So get a sense from everybody in the room. What do you think about this? True or is this true or false? And you don't have to be high tech or anything about that. But it, when you ask of a, a, a poll, it, it gets everybody in the room involved, and it can be an in, give you an interesting then data point to comment on. Well, that's that that leads in right very well. It's a great lead into my next point here, and that is in whatever it is. If if your poll either substantiated what you're gonna going to say, or well, that's really surprising because generally when I ask that, yeah, I get the opposite. By a show of hands, uh, how does everyone you know judge this? And what what I don't like though is when when someone does that conducts a poll, but they they don't hardly even pay attention to who raised their hand or what. It was almost like a a, a ploy. Versus someone who says, uh, "Wow, that's that's very interesting. I see that the majority of people have gone this way and." That's unusual for a group like this. I'm very intrigued, you know, but it gives you some feedback on the poll. Number seven is an even slightly different take on the ask a question, and that is actually quiz your audience. Uh, in, you mean put them on the spot? Well, again, I, I think you generally, unless you have some way that that type of impact is going to be end up being positive, I try to avoid putting my audiences on the spot. You want instead, I want to keep it fun. And a lot of us, when we think of a quiz or a pop quiz, it doesn't bring up fun memories. So uh, you almost have to go out of your way to say, "Let's just do a, a quiz here. It's just going to be fun." <laughs> that reminds me of I'm in a, a networking group that meets during the lunchtime, and during the educational uh, portion of that, there's a quick education thing. And it, like, as I mentioned, it's a lunch meeting. So when 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 the presenter gets to the point where they're they're wanting to quiz people. I, I quickly take a bite of my sandwich and have like a full mouth. So in case they call me, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> that's just sad. <laughs> this is a fun, I think it can be fun. If you say we're, we're just going to do this for fun and it can just be a one question quiz or sometimes it could be more than that. But when you, even just with a show of hands, how many think that the show me, uh, w- do you think the answer is A or B or C? Show me, raise your hands if you think it's A. And then when you get, because what you're doing there is you're getting them to commit to one of those three. And then they're more interested in what the answer is. Okay, I've committed to this. I've raised my hand and shown everybody I think it's B. So now then the next slide, you click your slide clicker and you show, well, the the correct answer in this case was B. And it just, oh, that's, it, it. then everybody is comparing it to what they were, making an educated guess on earlier. Okay, the last one I want to talk about in this episode, number eight is the final variation on ask a question, and that is use an audience response system. Dad, have you been to a presentation where they gave you a little device and you weren't just answering a quiz or taking a survey, you were actually pressing buttons? I believe I was. It's been a while back. I don't, I think, yeah, I there was a, a big trend that I noticed maybe about 10 years ago or so where you saw those used a lot. 
I think because it was new and it was novelty, but it was very expensive to do that. And now they are, the last couple of years, they've been making a real comeback because the technology has come down so much in price. You can rent these for a couple hundred dollars and that's for, for a day or two. And, and that, I'm not just saying rent one device, but you can rent 30 devices, for example, for a couple hundred dollars. So it used to be you needed to have a very big event to make it worth your while, or you needed to own these. But now you can just rent them for a couple of days, and that can take basically any size audience and raise up a notch the level of engagement that you're getting. Because now you aren't just raising your hand and or as you you're saying, well, they're asking a question, but they're not really paying attention to what the answers are. But you can have everybody. So do you think the answer is A, B, C, or D, or E, or do you think this is true or false? And everybody gets their votes, and and then you click the you switch to the next slide, and you actually are showing, let's say, on a bar graph, what their answers were. Uh, the other thing you can do is record who has which device and you can keep a running total of who has gotten the most right answers and give an award at the end, for example. I just did this for the first time uh, as far as giving an award at the end. I, I just recently did that for the first time. And it's, it's interesting just how much fun it can make something like that. Yeah, you always have those competitive types sitting in the audience that as soon as you, they realize there's a game going that they can when they're all of a sudden in, they're into it you know they might otherwise be bored i'll put in the show notes links to a couple of vendors that i'm aware of that uh, provide these pretty inexpensively but i just say that a couple of those names are turning events and ars rental i've had good luck with them now if you have a question or a comment about anything we've talked about or if you have any of your own suggestions for ways to engage an audience. We'd love to for you to let us know and include you in the conversation. You can leave an audio message by calling 989-787-0060, or you can go to engagingleader.com and click on the record voicemail question. And of course, you can engage with me by email at jesse at engagingleader.com or by Twitter where I am at Jesse Leahy or on Facebook or LinkedIn. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with mid-size and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Terrence, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of each opportunity to engage the people we care about.